Hey, big city, good rising, good rising. Family, how you feeling? How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Oh, it's so amazing outside today. The sun is rising. It looks amazing. It feels good. Currently, it's 72 degrees. It feels like, oh, feels like nothingness. <laughs> uh, we're going to have um, an amazing weekend this weekend. There should be some th scattered thunderstorms tomorrow. High of 73, low of 63. Sunday, same thing. Scattered thunderstorms throughout the day. Mostly cloudy for Sunday. High of 77, low of 66. Monday, scattered thunderstorms again. High of 80, low of 68. Tuesday, high of 88, low of 70. Sun. Sunny skies, not a cloud in the sky, so they say. Um, same thing for Wednesday, high of 90, low of 73. And Thursday, high of 92, low of 73. I love it. Give it to me. Give it to me. I need some sun in my life. As far as traffic is concerned, get to where you need to be. Um, you guys have the green light. We have no pockets this morning. Uh, surprise, so am I. I'm ready. So on Monday when I reported the fact that Sandra Bland was deceased for a traffic violation, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to discuss it. I wasn't ready to have that conversation. Yesterday we reported, I still wasn't ready. This rising, I'm ready. I'm ready because now we quote unquote have facts. We have facts that uh, she was pri previously suicidal. After she had a miscarriage, these are reports. Now, these are reports. We don't know if they're true. The family has hired um, a, a private uh, auto autopsy on her body. So, of course, the state of Texas is going to go ahead and do their autopsy. It came out that she had 30 healing cuts on her wrist, large amounts of marijuana in her blood, and no signs that she was attacked or murdered in jail. Of course, this is what they're saying. What we do know is, aside from those 30 cuts, we have a cut in the tape of the footage that we've seen with the police officer. If you watch the footage, uh, there's a white van that passes by twice. The tow truck guy gets out of the car twice. We know the footage was cut. If you let conspiracy theories tell it, when that her photo, her picture that was for um, her arrest, her mugshot, as they like to call it, her mugshot looks like she was laying down. Her dreads are falling back. Her shoulders are straight and not angled like they would be if your arms were behind, um, down by your side. Uh, the picture that is quote-unquote her mugshot is really a picture that was taken when she was dead. Uh, if you let conspiracy theorists tell it, that picture is not a picture of her mugshot. That is a picture of after they killed Sandra Bland. They went ahead and uh, photoshopped her eyes in the picture. Um, a district attorney office released autopsies finding for Bland on Thursday. She was found hanged in her Waller County Jail in Texas on July 10th. Authorities say that she killed herself, but families suspect foul play. The assistant DA Warren uh, gave news, gave a news conference discussing results, uh, said lack of marks on her hands, face, and neck seemed to indicate there was no struggle before her death. Lacks of marks on her hands, face, and neck seemed to indicate there was not a struggle before her death. 
the reason why I'm ready is because first and foremost, when was the last time a trash can that mind you, the picture that we have of her jail cell is to have said been nothing has been touched. The only thing that was removed was Sandra Bland's body. When was the last time you saw a big metal trash can in a jail cell with a liner in it? You can't have shoestrings in prison, in jail. They make you take your shoestrings out. If you have a sweatshirt or sweatpants, they make you take that drawstring out. But you're meaning to tell me that you put a trash can in the jail cell with uh, a plastic bag and she managed to hang herself from this plastic bag on the bathroom partition. But I thought there were no lacerations on her neck for us to suspect that there was any foul play. Okay. Walk with me here. I'm not understanding. I'm not. I, I don't, it, this isn't pieced together for me. As far as them trying to um, dilute her mental state, trying to give way to say, you know, she committed suicide. She had cuts on her arms. This is, you have to understand, media is framing this for you. They are putting this together for you. So you don't even have to think about it. She had cuts on her arms. She was a cutter. She was a, a self-inflictor. She had 30 healing marks on her arm. So she very much likely could have because cutters, uh, self-inflictors are on the brink of suicide every day. They're framing this. This is how they're framing it for you. She tried to commit suicide after she had uh, a miscarriage. She took too many pills and tried to um, commit suicide. Any woman who's ever been pregnant, any woman who's ever given birth, any woman who's ever lost a child knows just how your mind state changes. That's why postpartum is real and people have to seek out help. So, to I don't know. For me, I can understand and I can see how many women, some women could want to take their life after having a miscarriage. I'm not saying it's right. I understand. So, according to (laughs) the county assistant district attorney, she tied up, the picture is on Facebook. Um, um, I posted it on Facebook for your viewing pleasure. It is a plastic bag that she managed to tie, and it looks like a noose, and that tie was then affixed to the partition in her jail cell which is not high enough to have Anari kill himself it was not you can see in the photo it's just a partition it doesn't go all the way up it's not a six foot partition it's not a seven foot partition it's a five foot partition they're saying that Sandra Bland was well over five feet there was no unless you just decided to sit down it doesn't, it makes no sense to me, babies. It makes no sense. And I know I'm not the only one. Uh, I've had friends call me crying, literally in tears. Like, Taylor, this could have been me. I'm going to South Carolina next week. I ha- I'm driving to South Carolina. This could be me. 
I have a cousin who's supposed to be moving down south. She wants to move to Texas. Texas is the new Ruha for a lot of African Americans. She said, I can't do it. I can't put, I have a son. And I can't do this because I, I can't imagine what it's going to be like for him. What it's going to be like for me. I'm scared to death. And not only, like I also, even though we're talking about Sandra Bland, I want to remember that there was a woman a day after the Sandra Bland killed herself, or according to reports, killed herself, that there was a young lady in Alabama that killed herself while in jail, while in police custody, over stealing a cell phone? People are saying that this is an epidemic, that this is not the first time that um, as far as Black Lives Matter, we're always focused on our men. But there have been plenty of our sisters that have come up missing, plenty of our sisters that um, reports have not gone viral for. I have a message over here that says we still have to remember um, Larissa. Is that her name? Larissa? is still in, in jail in Florida for warning shots. <laughs> and uh, Mark Zimmerman was out here getting shot at. His freedom, Trayvon Martin, is gone. Zimmerman's out here living his life. Larissa's still in jail for the warning shots. Who did she hit? Nobody. We keep forgetting about our sisters. We keep forgetting about our mothers and our daughters. But we're focusing on our men. And I need our men to focus on our women so our women can focus on our men so then we can focus on our children. I'm not understanding this. I need help. I need you guys to guide me through this. Because I can't comprehend for the life of me why this is socially acceptable. Why our president, Barack Obama, has been to jail. Thank you for that. But can we address what's really going on with police brutality? Can we really address the problem at hand? Whether it's a, it's not, for me, it's not a black issue or a white issue, even though the disparities say that it is a black issue. It's over aggression of police officers, period. With the bias of racism, of stereotypes, of, did you guys see the young man that was tased in Texas who hit his head on the rail? There was a woman who was being arrested. She's screaming, and the dude's like, yo, she needs help. She needs help. Shots fired. They tased him. His head hit the rail, and he fell to the floor. You don't believe me? I just posted it on Facebook. You got to see what's going on around us, baby. This is legislation that I need the president to pick up for himself. Be that first president and say, listen, we're wrong. We're absolutely wrong, and I'm going to do everything I can before I leave here to make it right. And I don't see that happening right now. Good rising, Carla. You're live. Good morning, Taylor. Hey, Miss G. I, um, this has been going on forever. This has been going on forever. And I, I became involved because I had a personal experience. But what I wanted to say was... um. Believe what they're saying because they said that her shoulder was broken, and I don't, I can't put it together. I um, 
try to envision her killing herself with a broken shoulder. It just don't fit. Miss <sighs> G, with all the wisdom, knowledge, and understanding that you have, can you help me understand why a woman would sit here and have her sister, leave her sister a voicemail and be ready to go home, be ready to fight this case, but then turn around and kill herself. And the fact that she had large amounts of marijuana in her system, you go out here, anybody who smokes weed has a large amount of marijuana in their system. Yeah. It could have been medical marijuana, whatever. But I, I just don't get it. I don't get it. I will never get it. I think that um, brutality goes on inside the prisons and um, they should be investigated. But the justice system will never investigate the justice system. Let's be real. Who's policing the police that police the police? Right. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. My brother uh, supposedly hung himself in 1976. And um, it, it just didn't fit either. So I, I have a personal experience with that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you feel you, you've been through anything that remotely looks like this, Miss G. It, it hurts my heart, and I wasn't ready on Monday. I wasn't ready on Tuesday. I wasn't ready the, during this week. I, I needed the report to come out. I needed to see how they were framing this before I spoke on this. And... To be honest, what I'm waiting for is for her family's autopsy to crack open her skull and to see that there was some type of vessel bust or something that took place, aneurysm or something. Uh, and that's why there was no uh, um, anything that was, you know, outside marks, nothing that looks like there was a struggle. Because I honestly believe in that video when she says you hit my head against the ground. You don't even care about that. I have epilepsy. He says, so? <laughs> yeah, I, I I looked at the video. I wasn't sad. I'm not satisfied with their answers, and I'll never be satisfied. I think that the justice system stinks inside and out. And um, as the wife of a former Boston police officer, I you know, I stand up against it because I think there's a lot of brutality going on and questionable brutality. So I just follow, I go into prisons, I, you know, try to uh, hang in there with a lot of people. I, I want to find out exactly, you know, tell me what's happening. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? We don't know, Miss G, but I'm hoping we're going to find out. Let's find out. I love and appreciate you, baby. Thank you for checking in. Um, the young woman's name, uh, authorities in Alabama claim a teen committed suicide in jail in a jail cell an hour after being arrested. Another suspicious case of a black woman dying in police custody in the past week. Kendra Darnell Chapman. Kendra Darnell Chapman. I want us to remember her name because we know Sandy Bland. We know Sandy Bland, but I do not want us to forget Kendra Darnell Chapman, 18 years old, was jailed last Tuesday for allegedly stealing someone's phone on the street. According to reports, Chapman was charged with first-degree robbery and was last seen alive at 6.30 p.m. when officers went to check on Chapman. An hour later, she was found unresponsive. 
she was pronounced dead at Brookwood Medical Center. When Anari got his knee cut up and I fainted not once but twice, we went to Brookwood Medical Center. This is how close to home this is for me. It hurts my heart. My words cannot describe how I feel. It's not fair. It's unjust. 10, 10, 15, justice or else because this has to stop. Police need to be completely retrained. Our justice system needs to be completely revamped. And we need to have a society of politicians, a society of leaders um, uh, that stand up and say, listen, we messed up. We effed up. We did. We take full responsibility for what happened in the past. This is not proper representation of who we are as Americans, we want to change this. We don't know how. You know what? That is a great start right there. Like in any relationship to A, admit fault, B, claim it, and C, say, you know what? I take responsibility. I want to fix it. I don't know how. Can we do that? Is there any possible chance that they, we can have some glimpse, some little shimmer in these clouds because they are so gray and they continuously rain with tears from families that are sick and tired of this madness? None of this can be explained. None of this is, uh, it, make, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense why a woman's so passionate about life. Did you see the Sandy Speaks when there was a man who flipped over her vehicle? She hit him. He hit her. Don't know the logistics of it. The, the motorcycle was in her car. It was in her trunk of her car. She's in the street crying about how good God is. For this man to flip over her vehicle, for there to be a motorcycle in her vehicle, and for this man to still be alive and her to still be healthy and be able to walk away from the incident. God is good. I posted the video on my page. She was grateful for life. Do I know her mental history? No, but I know we all got problems, and I know no matter what situation we've ever been with, been in, we, we think we have a solution. <laughs> And maybe that, maybe she thought that it was the solution. But when she was a, a advocate for speaking out against police brutality, and then she's sitting there in the midst. Now, I need all of my conscious people to take this walk with me. You're sitting in the midst of the one thing that you discuss on a regular basis. You're about to become national headline news for some. Come on now, use your imagination. She's sitting here. She speaks on this stuff every day. She lives her life. She's moving to a completely different state in order to maintain the one thing that she believes in, justice. You don't think she was sitting in that jail cell getting ready? When he pulled over, she said, already? Like, she was already expecting this. She already knew this was coming. But she was like, I just got here already? Y'all already starting? I didn't even start my my job yet, but y'all already starting? Okay. She was ready for it. My baby was ready for it. She was probably in that jail cell talking all types of ish. Like, yeah, I'm going to have y'all on the new. Like, I'm just, I'm trying to put Taylor in those shoes. I'm trying to, who would I be in that jail cell? 
speaking to my sister. My sister telling me, baby, I'm going to get you out of there. We're going to get you out. Don't worry about it. We're going we're gonna to get through this. You have that support system. She wasn't in there by herself. She had everybody back home on her team ready to get her out of there, ready to move forward, ready to take this where it needs to be and where it's about to go to court. Take it to trial. Why would she jeopardize all that to take her life? Again, I honestly believe when it comes to Sandy Bland, Sandy Bland had epilepsy. She says she believes her shoulder was broke. Um, with the little bit of knowledge that I have of the medical industry, of our bodies, of uh, ourselves, A, her having epilepsy and her hitting her head, which could have led to a concussion, she could have fell asleep and never woke up. They had no idea what the hell to do. They went ahead and tied a trash bag against the, uh, around that baby's neck and pulled and was just like, oh, she killed herself. I honestly believe it has something to do with that officer smashing her head against the pavement. The fact that she had epilepsy. You put two and two together, that's a concussion with no medical attention. The fact that she was out in the field talking about her head, talking about it, uh, having epilepsy, that should have that warranted medical attention immediately. Should it not? Where do I have any professionals? Listening. Do I have any police officers listening? Do I have any first responders listening? 617-282-0062. Is there some type of code that police have to follow? If somebody complains of something hurting, something being broken, something fractured, something, uh, and you know you hit that woman's head against the ground, you're not going to call a first responder to just check on her? Just to do, just to cover your bases, just to wash your hands clean of the situation. Just check her out. She over here complaining of this, over here complaining of that. The whole I can't breathe thing. I don't want to be no parts of that. Go on and check on her so I don't have nothing dirty on my hands. Nothing dirty on your hands. Let's go back to the fact that this police officer was also discharged from his previous position because of the same exact situation. My heart bleeds. I can't deal. I'm sick of crying over dead bodies that don't need to be dead. They have no reason for their life to have been taken. I don't care if Sandra Bland had an attitude. And I keep saying, hearing people giving excuses. No, when you get pulled over by the police, be a good little girl and don't say nothing, okay? No. No, I don't care what color my skin is. I don't care if I'm a female. I have rights. I know my rights. I'm going to conduct myself accordingly to my rights. You want to know why? Because that's what that's the right thing to do. For the police officers to say that he was harsh and, and he didn't follow courtesy procedures. I, what? That's, that's all you have to say? He didn't follow courtesy procedures? The fact that he went against our constitutional rights has nothing to do with it. He just went against courtesy procedures. For them to have, for them, meeting uh, mainstream media, to have... 
a retired police officer say on air in front of millions of people that what that man did was legal and just. Those were the exact words that the police or what the police officer did in that video was legal and just. Oh, right there. She's resisting arrest. No, he opened the door and tried to get in her vehicle and pull her out. That is not resisting arrest. That's uh, a form of kidnapping. You let Taylor tell it. You try to kidnap me. Babies, my heart hurts. Do not forget, Sandra Bland is not the only one. We have Kendra Darnell Chapman, 18 years old, Birmingham, Alabama. She's not the only one. She absolutely is not the only one. <sighs> Good rising, talk while you're live. Good rising. See, uh, they said it's legal and just. That's because... Although Jim Crow may have been laid to rest, James Crow Jr. Esquire is alive and well. And under those rules, there is no right that a black person has that a white person has to respect. Bottom line. Living in a world of white supremacy that needs to roll up like a window shade. Wusa Takwa, Wusa, because um, even though I may agree with you, it, we can't, we can't, we can't just blame this on race. I don't want to blame this on race. I want to blame this on the fact that police brutality goes crosses all color lines. When there's Caucasian males being killed too, we have to take into account that this is a bigger problem. It's not just a color thing. It's a power thing. Collateral damage. They don't mind taking out a few of theirs to do what they intend to do that. Well, my heart hurts, and I, I can't I can't deal with this. And I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do because I feel so defeated, but I feel like President Barack Obama has that power to address it, to say we messed up, we've been messed up, we try to fix it, it ain't been fixed, we need to do something different. Insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. We have to try something different. We have to retrain these police officers. I say it time and time again. Why the hell do I have to go to college for four years, obtain $50,000 in loans for me to get a degree that I can't even use, but all I have to do is go spend three months in the academy and I can have a badge and a gun? What? That doesn't even make sense to me. And you don't even need a license. You don't need a license, so you can't get your license taken away if you do something stupid. It makes no sense. Well, that's the reason for 10, 10, 15. I can't wait. We got Brother Randy calling in 10, 10, 15, uh, the town hall meeting. You were in attendance, weren't you, at Takwa? Uh, yes, I was. How was it? But I will, I will defer to Brother Randy and let him fill you in. Well, we will await his call. Okay. Thank you, Takwa. 
So, yes, this rising, we are talking about 10, 10, 15. We're talking about all roads leading to Washington, D.C. We're discussing the fact that the Million Man March is on its 20th anniversary. Uh, 20 years ago, we demanded change, and we're still demanding change, and we're still demanding uh, justice or else. I'm not sure what that or else is, but I'm really excited to find out because... I'm like you. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired of crying tears uh, over dead bodies. It makes no sense. Sandra Bland didn't steal any cigars. Sandra Bland didn't have any Skittles in her Arizona iced tea. Sandra Bland wasn't selling cigarettes. She was smoking one in her vehicle, was asked to put it out, decided, hey, my constitutional rights says that you can't tell me what to do with my home space. No, I'm not going to put my cigarette out. Oh, just comply. You know, just just whenever a police officer comes, be a good little girl so he can pat you on the head and let you go. No, I'm not going to allow you to mistreat me, to make me feel like I have no rights, just to stroke your ego of power and authority. Not in my house. Again, we know Sandra Bland, but do not forget Kendra Darnell Chapman. No female, 18, 22, 45, is going to take her life for stealing a cell phone. What uh, Big D used to say, that's a little bit of time. Uh, do a little bit of time for a little piece of crime. That's nothing, baby. They, probation is real. Shout out to Big D. <laughs> it's just probation. I do probation with you. Stealing a cell phone ended up dead in an Alabama jail cell. We have to address this as a serious issue in our community. Just because Boston isn't turning up black boys and girls in our streets, in our jails, does not mean that we are far removed. Because we are not. My heart hurts, but... What can I do? I do want to inform you of uh, another story while we await Brother Randy to give us a call regarding uh, 10, 10, 15. The mysterious L.A. loner with 5 million gun arsenal was a human alien hybrid secret agent sent to save the human race, says his wife. <laughs> the story that I read yesterday about the man who had all those guns. His wife says that he's an alien sent here to save the race. Uh, that sounds like an amazing Freaky Friday topic, just not this this Rising's topic. Good morning, Kali, you live. Good morning. This is uh, Brother Randy from uh, Yes. Michigan. Yes, hallelujah. Good Rising, how are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm super fantastic. So, Brother Randy is an is a student assistant minister and a prison chaplain of Muhammad's Mosque Number Eleven, uh, right here in Dorchester. Uh, last night was the 10-10-15 town hall meeting. All roads lead to D.C justice or else um i was unable to be in attendance and i think many of our listeners were as well but we're going to be able to get a breakdown of how that conversation went uh, a brief history on the 20 um year anniversary of the million man march and what this or else means good rising brother randy good rising 
Well, we had a beautiful uh, turnout yesterday, great start. Um, you know, that was the official kickoff to start organizing the local effort so that we can mobilize Boston to be um, on board and in support of the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March. We know uh, 20 years ago, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan made a call for uh, one million black men to gather in Washington, D.C. at the height of gang violence um, that was going on in our community. And so uh, 1.8 million men came together. And that event was monumental. Everyone who went to the Million Man March, if you ever speak to any one of us that went there, we really can't stop talking about it. It was something that you really can't put in words, uh, the feeling uh, that that uh, we had being there and the cause that we went to, uh, 1.8 million brothers from all over America, from different walks of life, from different religions, um, different age groups. We had educated and uneducated. We had Muslim and Christian. We had young and old. Uh, we had us coming together from the West Coast and the East Coast, from the North and the South. Fraternities, everybody came together. Anyone who was anybody came together uh, because we wanted to make a stand and uh, we was tied with what was going on and we wanted to make a change. Well, we came together and we did make a change 20 years ago. Uh, the men that went to Washington, D.C., we came back to our communities and became civically engaged. Uh, many men joined churches and organizations, which was one of the uh, commands that the minister gave us in Washington, D.C. He wanted us to stay organized, so he told us to join an organization. He didn't necessarily say, you have to join the Nation of Islam. But he said, join an organization, join uh, a church where you can be fed spiritually. But let us get organized. Let's go back to our community and let's clean up our community. And so following uh, the Million Man March in 1995, all over America, the violence went down. The murder rate went down. Here in Boston, um, Boston was a city that had the greatest drop in homicides among young people, so much so that the sitting president at the time, uh, in 1996, President Clinton uh, visited Boston to commend Boston for the, the drop in the murder rate. Um, and, you know, all over the country this happened, and everyone wanted to take credit for it, for, for the decrease in violence. Um, there was a lot of uh, uh, individuals in Boston that tried to take credit for the reduction in the crime. In some cities, they would give the credit to the mayor or to the police chief uh New York, uh, they gave this, the, the credit to, to you know, uh, to the mayor and, and the police commissioner in L.A. But the fact of the matter is that all over America, the, the, the crime rate dropped, the murder rate dropped. After the, the Million Man March, over 25,000 uh, black children were adopted, uh, which is one of the initiatives. Over a million new black registered uh, voters came on the roads, and um, we changed the political landscape uh, leading up to um, our eventually uh, electing the first black president. So there was a lot of things that took place 20 years ago with the Million Man March um, and, and after the Million Man March. But we have to come back together again because after 20 years, they have been working steadily to break the unity uh, and the organization that, that we had. And... Um, you know, so we see the violence escalating again in our community. But today, 
as the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan said, we're fighting a war on two fronts. Uh, not only uh, do we have to deal with uh, the violence that's taking place in our own community among ourselves, but we are seeing uh, and have been seeing, I mean, uh, for the last year almost steady. Steady every week we're looking at um, black people being murdered by law enforcement, um, dying in police custody, dying at the hands of white vigilantes. We're seeing a, an attack, an onslaught on, on black folks that sparked the movement Black Lives Matter. And so we want to reconvene after 20 years to address the issues uh, that we're dealing with today, uh, the lack of justice in the justice system and the fact that uh, we are still being targeted and it seems as though black lives do not matter. And so we wanted to kick off the the official kickoff to, uh, you know, introduce everybody to the concept and the idea, let them know what the scope and depth of, of this gathering is going to be for the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March. And so uh, the, 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 the um, town hall meeting was great. We had a lot of uh, folks that came out very energized, very enthused, and re- re- ready to go to work. Um, we wanted to, again, uh, kick it off and then start organizing the local organizing committee that will be doing the work uh, to mobilize Boston, to, to organize us, uh, to get the word out, but also to secure buses because we want to take as many people from Boston uh, to Washington, D.C. 29 years, I mean, pardon me, 20 years ago, uh, we we sent 29 buses that left from Grove Hall to go to Washington, D.C. And uh, we want to do that and better this time. We want to we aim for at least 50 buses because uh, this time around, we, we want to get more than uh, just 1 million. We want uh, 1 million more, hopefully 5 million. Um, because we're not just calling for the black man, but we're calling for all those who have, who have suffered uh, injustice. So uh, the, the the town hall went very well, um, and we're looking forward to continuing this work. Amazing, amazing. So one of the questions that is plaguing everybody is the or else, justice or else. Um, and everybody knows that or else is, you know, it's a soft threat. So... The question is, what does that or else actually stand for? Justice or else. We've been begging for it for years. What is going to be the or else? Exactly. You know, we, we've tried everything else. We begged for it. We, we sat in. We crawled in. Uh, we, we, we did all kind of things to try to get justice. And so one of the things that I would like to first is, is to put out to the listeners, what do you think the or else should be? You know, if we are being killed with impunity, uh, we're dying in police custody. You know, um, we're we're manipulated uh, in this in this in this country um, to fear. You know, uh, terrorist acts. You know, ISIS or, or whoever. Um, but the fact of the matter is that we are terrorized more by uh, police in our community. Uh, every time we see. Sandra Bland, or every time we see a Freddie Gray, that is terrorism. Uh, and we live in terror and in fear of the police department who can treat us uh, worse than animals and murder us and be on camera and in most cases not even uh, not even get uh, indicted, not even get charged with a crime. 
um, and the murder is called uh, justifiable. So when we're living under those type of conditions, what what do you think the OLs should be? Um, and so, you know, don't be afraid of the OLs. Um, the OLs simply means that we're going to have to take decisive action to stop what is going on. We can no longer have business as usual. We cannot continue to go along to get along, but that we are going to redistribute the pain that the black community is feeling. One of the things that uh, we, we will start with is um, withdrawing our economic support. Uh, black folks have $1.3 trillion that will be coming through our hands this year. Uh, the problem is that we are the number one consumers and we are not producers. And so if we withdraw our economic support uh, for this system and the major corporations, that is a start that would shake this country if we did it in unity. Um, so it means that we have to take decisive action. We're not just going to ask you for justice without us taking action that you're going to feel that the larger community, the larger society are going to feel the pain of what we're going uh, going through. And so um, that's what the or else means. Uh, one of the things that the minister had uh, called for at the official uh, press conference at the Metropolitan Amy Church in Washington, D.C., was that, uh, for starters, um, we could boycott uh, Christmas this year um, and boycott Black Friday, you know, um, and, you know, we will put a dent uh, into uh, the economy if we didn't spend any money this year, we, we spend millions and billions of dollars each uh, year on the Christmas season. And we want to send a message that uh, no more business as usual. Um, so these are some of the things that uh, we have planned, you know, but at the, at the end of the day, uh, Taylor, we have to take decisive action. Uh, we have to then organize if we cannot get justice, uh, if we cannot get freedom, if we cannot get justice, if we cannot get equality, then we really need to be thinking about um, doing for self, um, and and we need to really be thinking about um, separation. Um, and this is this is real. You know, we cannot continue to live under tyranny. When we look at the at the patriots, the founding fathers of this country, Paul Revere and the boys. You know, they they didn't sit idly by uh, in the face of tyranny uh, when they seen. Uh, the, the, the abuse that they, uh, say they were facing under the king. They took decisive action, you know, and, and even in, uh, the constitution, it tells you that, you know, when, uh, a nation, when, when in the course of human events, there are, uh, a people, um, are unable to, uh, you know, get justice. I'm not quoting it 100% correct, but it tells you that, that separation is a must, and we must, you know, seek our own and and um, under God's earth and 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 get justice and justify ourselves. So ultimately, you know, what I want the the people to know is that that decisive action it will have to be taken. We can no longer continue to just go along with it. So don't be afraid of the OLs. We're not, um, you know, we're not trying to be uh, radical and, 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 and we're not going to lead anyone on, on nothing, no stupidity. Um,
but we, we will stop with economic withdrawal. But again, we have to start thinking to ourselves, uh, what is it that we're going to do, as opposed to just sitting and waiting for an oppressor to give us justice. And we've been uh, begging for justice for now uh, over 100 years, up from our so-called slavery, and we still uh, are dealing with the same issues. We have to take decisive action. So thank you, Brother Randy, for 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 all of that. Um, another question that I was wondering was, as far as first and foremost, we ain't never scared that or else ain't nobody scared of the or else. I think uh, enough yes, people are fed up that the or else seems like forget the justice. We just want the or else at this point. Um when it comes to the the Sandra Blands, when it comes to um, the young woman that was in Alabama that hung herself over stealing a cell phone, you know, how do we reach the masses that are hearing these stories? But I met a lawyer yesterday, a lawyer, an African-American lawyer, black male who didn't know anything about 10, 10, 15. And he's educated and he's not, you know. He's not removed from the center of consciousness. How do we reach those that are interested, that will be supporters, that do believe in the movement, but have no idea, because this is not on mainstream media, that African-Americans are going to D.C. to for 10-10-15, the 20th year anniversary of the Million Man March, asking for justice or else? How do we reach those that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, an African-American lawyer? I don't feel like he's unreachable, but how do we reach those that are unreachable? Well, you know, first of all, I want to thank you, Taylor, for having me on uh, your program this morning. And this is part of the way that we reach those that are unreachable. Um, we got to we gotta do an all-out blitz. Um, we got to get on the radio programs like yours. Um, we have to try to be at every event. This is why we have to come together. To the local uh, organizing uh, committee because you know we we need uh, a media outreach um, group that's going to be out there that's going to do this work to be at every event passing out the palm cards hitting up the radio station getting on uh, the cable TV networks uh, wherever and however we got to get this word out we got to use um, the, the modern tools of of uh, social media, um, we, you know, those of us that, are, those of you that are listening right now, um, go on to justiceorelse.com and um, register to be a part of the uh, of this movement. Um, and when you register, then what you will get, you will get email updates of uh, current happenings, press conferences, uh, a speaking engagement, lectures where the minister has traveled and you will be updated on what the movement is. And so there's several um, videos, if you will, promotional videos that, that are up on the Justice Wells uh, 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 website, justicewells.com. And once you have those videos, you can share them on Facebook. We want you to put them on Instagram. We want you to put them on Twitter. Use all methods and means of social media uh, to get the information out. Um, so we just got to keep pushing um, and, you know, as we continue to see, you know, the Sandra Bland and uh, others that are being murdered and we are sharing and, and, and posting these um, videos and updates of these events, 
you know, put in the hashtag justice or else. Um, and so, you know, we plan on mobilizing and organizing and putting on our blitz uh, to get the, the word out. You know, one of the things we, we set up yesterday was um, committees uh, that uh, that we have to develop sub uh, subcommittees for uh, this this um, this organization. You know, we need uh, those that are uh, able to serve on the administrative committee. Uh, we got a fundraising committee, and we have a media, a media relations committee. So those individuals that want to be a part of the media relations committee, um, we need to come together and and start to look at which uh, media outlets. Uh, we can target and, and, and try to make contact with to get on to promote our uh, 10, 10, 15. We need uh, public outreach. We need um, a logistics subcommittee, legal subcommittee, security level, uh, subcommittee. We need, um, we need to organize volunteers. So there's a volunteer subcommittee, a mobilizing subcommittee, a transportation subcommittee, and a social media subcommittee. So, so you know, everybody it's not who's listening now can play a role. It sounds like there's there's no role that's too great and no role that's too small, and they you guys need help on all fronts. Absolutely. And anybody listening that's interested can how can they reach you, get in touch with you, um, be a part of the movement. Um, but before you answer that question uh, about you know getting involved, I do want to acknowledge the caller that we have on line one. Good rising caller, you're live. Hi, uh, good morning, Taylor, and also the guest we have. Uh, I got a question for him. I know some of the people don't listen to what's good for them in uh, life. Is there a way you could reach out to these main artists? Because a lot of people take uh, Jay Z as, as their idol. Jay-Z, Beyonce, and all that for them to start putting those type of message out there. I think if you guys do that, 10, 10, 15 will be a great one for you guys, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, um, following um, our leader, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has been doing just that. He acknowledges the, the hip-hop community uh, as being uh, really that, that universal um, movement of the people. Um, he acknowledges the, the rappers as really the new leaders of our people. Uh, uh, the masses of the people all over the world are following the lead and, and listen to, to these artists almost uh, religiously. Um, a rapper can come out and and make a song and, and, and create a whole trend, uh, you know, change the way people dress every day by a rap song you know, change um, our thinking. And, and so uh, a lot of times the, the, the rappers, um, unfortunately, have been used as a tool of our enslavement, of uh, mass incarceration, almost serving as pie pipers, uh, leading our people by promoting thug life and gangsterism, uh, leading our people to a lifestyle that would uh, make them criminals and, and find them uh, behind walls and uh, in the system of uh, uh, the prison industrial complex of America. But the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan recognizing the power of, of the artists, of um, the hip-hop artists, have met with several artists, all, pretty much all of the top artists in the game. Uh, the minister has been meeting with them. He's met with the likes of Rick Ross, uh, The Game, Young Jeezy, Two Chains, Migos, Kanye West, and a slew of others. 
that have already met with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and are on board uh, with uh, 10, 10, 15. So, you know, uh, all over social media, uh, many of these rappers have been tweeting uh, pictures of themselves with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and stating that they will be uh, supporting 10, 10, 15 on some of the uh, commercials, if you will, or promotional videos that are being put out for Justice or else. Uh, you have uh, some of the rappers on there, two chains on one of them, um, and directing people uh, to be at ten, ten, fifteen. So, so we're 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 doing that, and we want to continue to do that. Me personally, you know, um, for any of the local uh, artists, uh, rappers, and DJs in Boston, those uh, in the hip hop community, um, I definitely uh, am calling for your help and your support. Uh, would like to. Uh, meet with you um, so that we can get on the same page um, because there's a, a power that the rappers have, that, that the hip-hop artists have, that the hip-hop community has. Whether you're a rapper, uh, whether you're a DJ, whether you're a radio personality, you have the ear of the people. And um, we want to use your influence for um, positive means uh, to get the word out um, about what is going on, this worldwide movement. So thank you for, for, for that question and that call. And I just want you to know that we are definitely uh, making a push and outreach to uh, the rappers and, and those uh, celebrities, those people that have a large following. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, 1010 Justice or else. Uh, make sure all roads lead to D.C. Uh, 25 buses as of uh, 20 years ago. We have more educated people. We have more conscious people. We have more angry people. We have more people that are sick and tired of being sick and tired. I need us to have 75 buses leaving out of Boston because we have 75 buses worth of people that are mad at Sandra Bland. If you're mad at what's going on with our police, if you're mad at what's going on with uh, Trayvon Martin, um, Brown, uh, Gardner, how many, do I have to list all of them? There shouldn't be a list. If you're pissed off that there's even a list, you need to be on the bus. Not just you, but your children, your husband, your wannabe husband, your wannabe wife. If you're in a relationship with somebody and they don't take this seriously, then you don't need to take them seriously. This is a step towards our future. Um, I would like to ask, is it possible for us to um, meet Farrakhan? Is it possible for us to speak with him, to have him on Big City 101.3 FM, speaking to our listeners about 10, 10, 15, uh, about Justice Arouse? Absolutely. It's a possibility, and it's something that uh, we're working on and that we uh, will make happen. You know, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, again, you know, just trying to keep up with his schedule, you know, the minister is amazing. Um, uh, he's 82 years old, and he is literally outworking um, all of us. He's the hardest working man that I know, um, and he's working nonstop. We know when, when, when he comes into the city, in every city that he goes to, he usually has a series of meetings. Either he has at least uh, three meetings where he will come in and meet with uh, his community in the Nation of Islam, the believers. Uh, he will meet with the uh, uh, leaders of the city, religious leaders and political leaders, um, and he would usually have a private meeting uh, with them where he uh, 
sets the tone as to what it is that he's he's doing and explain to them um, as the leaders uh, the moves and, and what they can do and how they can help the movement. Um, and then he'll have a, a broader meeting where he'll meet with the community at large um, and um, and teach them. And you know, when the minister meets and, and teaches, he is a teacher. Um, and so, you know, each of these meetings could be him speaking for at least uh, two hours or so. You know, he gives his heart, you know, he gives he gives his, his energy, he gives his time, you know, but it takes a toll. I know uh, as being a, a student minister, and, and I know what it takes um, to, uh, you know, deliver the word. It takes a lot of energy out of you, but I've watched the minister uh, do this in every city. He'll come in and he'll, he'll speak, you know, have uh, three speaking engagements in one day, at least that, and then uh, he'll have uh, radio interviews, um, and then he'll have private consultation with individuals who want to meet with him. And this man, uh, this is his pace. And so he's working from first thing in the morning to way into the late hours of the night, um, just meeting, working, organizing, teaching. Um, and then he's off to the next city to do it all over again. In the last few um, months, the minister has traveled. He spoke in several places in Chicago. Um, he went to Washington, D.C. He went to Philadelphia. He went uh, to New York. He went uh, to Connecticut. He left there. He went to, he's visited um, Atlanta. He's went to Houston. He's been in, in L.A. He's been now uh, to Ferguson. He's been back to Washington, D.C., where he did the press conference. He's um, went uh, down into Florida. Uh, he actually been into D.C. three times um, because he went back again a third time for a meeting with uh, 500 members of the indigenous people. So the minister is working nonstop, um, uh, promoting this visiting city to city. You know, again, that's one of the things that I admire mm -hmm. about uh, the Honorable mm -hmm. Minister Louis Farrakhan, that he doesn't just uh, uh, talk the talk, he walks the walk. And when he uh, sets his mind to call for something, to organize something, he doesn't just sit back and, and wait uh, for it to happen, but he gets on the road and he works uh, uh, the, the community and he goes and he, he reaches every aspect, every aspect of our community to get them on board. In, in, in 1995, a lot of people look at the Million Man March and they don't understand what went into it. But the minister traveled into every city and spoke to black men individually in their city and broke down and explained to them uh, what was going on, the reason why we needed to come together. So when the call was made to go to D.C., uh, all those men that he spoke to in the city just came together. And so we're seeing the minister doing similar today, where he's going city to city, educating our people as to the need for us to come together. So with that being said, Taylor, we definitely want to get him on your radio. Um, it's a matter of us aligning uh, his schedule. We're hoping that uh, as he's on this tour, that he would uh, make a visit at his home base, which is Boston, um, but uh, we are definitely working on, on trying to get them on. You can, uh, inshallah, God willing, um, meet the minister and, um, and interview him on your ear, whether he actually comes to Boston or not. We'll try to uh, facilitate at least uh, a radio interview. 
Thank you so much, Brother Randy. Again, Brother Randy from Mosque 11 here in Dorchester. Uh, 10, 10, 15, justice or else. Last night was the town hall meeting where it was discussed about committees and subcommittees. And if you're interested, we are going, I'm going to post everything online for you. Uh, I'll, I'll post everything online so you guys can, at your leisure, go ahead and find out more information. The justice or else.com is already on the wake up with taylor andre page t-a-y-l-a-a-n-d-r-e brother randy i thank you i love you i appreciate your time this rising uh and i hope that we can have you in studio again because i've heard the way you speak and the passion that comes out of your mouth and i can only imagine how tiresome that could be not only for yourself but for um the minister because it is it is very emotionally draining to give all of yourself and you know once you have that passion and you let that passion out it just flows and once you're finished it's like a great woosah but at the same time it's like but was anybody listening did they really catch what i was trying to get them to to catch so I'm with you 100% on that. I do thank you for uh, speaking to us this rising, and I hope to speak to you soon. Thank you for having me on, and I want to thank the listening audience for listening to what we're saying. And again, you know, this is a movement. Uh, Don't bury your head in the sand. You can't act like it's not happening. Um, Just, again, Google Justice OL, so hashtag Justice OL. The movement is, is 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 coming together um and so get involved and so this is how you can get involved justicewell.com we have um a local gmail uh, account for um those that you know would like to send information or want to email us you can email us at um loc boston ma2 at gmail.com also uh on instagram at loc um, underscore Boston underscore MA, Facebook LOC Boston MA, Twitter at LOC Boston MA. So <clears throat> there are several ways that you can reach out to us, get involved. Matter of fact, next Thursday, we will be having the follow up to the town hall meeting. Uh, yesterday was, was the kickoff and was a town hall meeting, but this coming uh, Thursday at six o'clock, uh, we're going to be meeting again at Mohammed's Mosque number 11, um, and, and we will have our first official local organizing committee. And so if you missed the town hall meeting but want to be a part of the movement, come out uh, Thursday evening at 6 o'clock, um, and we will uh, uh, continue to organize. We have a lot of organizing to do. we got a lot of work to do to get the word out. we got to um, uh, you know, do all that we can to make everyone aware of what's going on because, you know, um, we're sick and tired of being sick and tired. So, again, uh, Taylor, I thank you for having me on your show this morning. And, again, <clears throat> thank you, listening audience, for uh, giving us the ear. I'm in raw. I'm in raw. Big City 101.3 FM. It feels good. It, it. Yeah, I feel good. I feel amazing. Even Brother Randy said there's work to do. Shout out to Reggie B. Roll up them sleeves. There's work to do. 
All roads lead to DC 10, 10, 15. Make sure you get it together. The information is on the page, uh, justiceorelse.com, T-A-Y-L-A-A-N-D-R-E. All of that is located on the Facebook page. I'll make sure that I post it on the first page of the website in case you, you're always heading to the website. I'll make sure I also post it on every social media site so you guys can be well aware. I'm really, really excited for 10, 10. 10, 15. I am, if 20 years ago we were able to get 1.8 million people out to March, I can only imagine how many people are fed up and how many people are going to show up. Stop being just fed up. I need y'all to show up, baby. Instead of spending $100 on a club night, your outfit, your drinks, I need you to go ahead and put that away and invest in this bus ticket to go stand for something so you can stop falling for anything. With that being said, we had an amazing first half of Power Hour, and I'm trying to tell you the second half is going to knock your socks off just as much, just as deeply. Uh, Chicondria, also known as Icon, is a poet that blew me out of the water. She has a poem that's on black girl names. And if you have a name like Shakondria, if you have a name like Shaquita, if you have a name like Taylor Andre, you know just how many people have jacked up your name to understand that. Listen, just call me Tay. Just call me Nene. Just call me Isha. Just call me something because you can't get it right. Can't get right. Good morning, Shikondria. How are you, darling? Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm super fantastic. We usually say good rising because morning means that something is dead and dying. And when the sun is rising, it's a good rising. Ashing, I believe that firmly. <laughs> good rising. So I uh, was introduced to you by Reggie B, work to do, roll up those sleeves, uh, and you definitely have a lot of work that has been done. Your poem is absolutely amazing, and for those who have not heard your poem, is it possible for you to recite it this rising? Oh, no problem at all. <laughs> um, like you mentioned, the poem is called To All the Little Black Girls with Big Names, and this poem could actually translate to not just little black girls with big names. There are girls from every nationality and walk of life who may have a name that is a little difficult to pronounce on the tongue who deserves the same respect when it comes to um, honoring that name. So um, whenever someone asks me the meaning of my name, I usually never have an answer. I remember looking for it once in a computer at a shopping mall kiosk where the meanings of names are saved, then engraved into keepsakes. Thinking all the while, the chances of me finding my name would be like the odds of winning the sweepstakes, you know, slim to none. I got tired of people mispronouncing it, so I shortened it to Khan, but they still got it wrong. Kept confusing me with the lady who kept singing that song, you know, tell me something good. And tell them something I feel I should, so I correct them. It's pronounced Shakondria. Uh, no silent letters, no accents, preferably pronounced with the drawl of a southern accent. It just sounds so much sweeter that way. I remember that once was a day when I wished my mother would have stuck to something simple and pretty and majestic like Tiffany or maybe even Alexis, but my fate, my fate was sealed by signatures on my birth certificate, granting me the right to forever bear the shame of having been given a ghetto name. So this here poem is for all the little black girls with big names 
for the shahs and ishas, the honors and equals who are told never to write their names on applications. Because we live in a nation where your name can tell someone your race or maybe even your social status. Because some people think only dumb ghetto folk overuse the alphabet. They chalk it up to illiteracy, never creativity, or maybe even history. And I wonder if those who assume would ever start to think that maybe, just maybe, transatlantic submerged native tongues have re-emerged in the form of ghetto monikers. You know, kind of like my little cousin. I have a little cousin whose name is Tanisha. It sounds a lot like Tanache, a name from the Shona tribe, meaning God is with us. Because when her mother died of a drug overdose, he was all she had. Or, or maybe like my friend Lakeisha, whose name sounds a lot like the Bantu name, meaning Wakisha, meaning born during the harvest. Now she's on her way to becoming an attorney, reaping from sowing seeds of work in the hardest or, or maybe like this baby girl right here me my mother named me Shikandria because she knew I would be a fighter Shikandria sounds a lot like Shaka Shaka Zulu because she knew I would be a fighter see this poem is for, for every daughter whoever shortened her name to a letter and a period just so phone calls could be returned and higher pay earned because we all know don't nobody want an Isha or an equal to operate on them but you see, a book, a book can't be judged by its cover nor its title. And the story beneath your name, baby girl, can't be contained, contained beneath the tide. So sisters, let them rise and take the rightful places on your applications and business cards, desk placards, and uniforms until one day these ghetto names become the norm. But for right now, we're special, you see. There ain't another girl in the world with a name like you or me. So go forth and rep proudly for all the ghetto name girls. And if someone happens to mispronounce your name, make sure you give your neck a swirl. Look them dead in the eye and correct them. It's pronounced Taylor Andre. Say it right or don't say it at all. Thank you, baby. <laughs> you are so welcome. I Thank can't you. tell Thank you. For you. Opportunity goosebumps baby that's the first time the first time i heard the poem and right now goosebumps i love the way the play on words about the transatlantic uh tongues being re-emerged uh coming back with the shaka zulu baby 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 yeah <laughs> thank you yeah i i'm so appreciative thank you so much that that poem is even still receiving recognition a lot of people don't even know this but i actually wrote that poem in 2007 um i re-recorded it like in 2011 or 12 and it's just crazy that it's still very much relevant because as we've seen in the media there's been a lot of uh, things going on with job discrimination uh based on names um so we still have a lot of work to do as you stated earlier just to to force people to honor our names. You know, we don't have to, I think we ask a lot of times for things, but we need to start demanding that you honor what our history is, what our names are. We don't have to conform in order to be accepted. It's okay for us to do us and for you to honor that. You know, it doesn't diminish you to honor who I am as a person and vice versa. So thank you again uh, for allowing this platform to, to to represent, you know, the work that has to be done. Work to do, work to do. Where's Reggie B? Roll up your sleeves. We uh we had a call on the line, 617-282-0062. If that poem hit you like it hit me, let her know something. Please let her know something. <laughs> um, Let them know really quickly how they can find you, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. 
Okay. Um, Facebook, you can once again look. I know it's a name that is a mouthful. Chicondria Icon Sibley. Um, that's S-H-A-C-O-N-D-R-I-A. Icon, just like the word icon, I-C-O-N. Last name Sibley, S-I-B is in boy, L-E-Y. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram uh, with the handle Icon the Artist, spelled out as one word. Um, I also can be reached at, in my email, uh, iconpoetbooking at gmail.com. Um, the website will be up really soon. I'm releasing my first published book as well as um, my second CD. Um, so all those things will be available on the social media as well as the website. So that's, that's basically how I can get be contacted. I'm always um, on social media, which is unfortunate. We always all are because that's become our avenue for being informed these days. But, yeah. Well, my daddy said that was awesome. He just sent me a text message like, that was awesome. <laughs> and I oh, could hear his daddy. voice. <laughs> you just got adopted. Thank I hope you. you know that. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Hey, I was telling Reggie B, I'm, I'm planning to come to Boston soon, sometime within this year, before 2015 is over. So hopefully I, we can make that happen. I hope I'll we come can over get you in dinner. studio. <laughs> Well, my daddy's Absolutely. in Alabama. We can make that happen if you really want to. But oh, that's definitely. I'll be in Alabama um, next month if he's anywhere near Mobile. I have um. What we're having a family union in Mobile, August eighth, uh, ninth, and tenth, seventh, eighth, and ninth. Uh, I'll be there on my sixteenth. Uh, the week after. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll make sure to let my uh, Alabama people know to come check you. Um, I'll make sure that they get a copy of this as well so they can just know uh, what's coming. So they can know what's oh. coming. We do have a caller on the line. Good rising, caller. You're live. Good rising. Hey, I just I, I just um, turned the radio real quick, and I just thought that. I thought, that was, I thought whoever was talking was checking you. <laughs> and, uh, but I wanted to say that... Uh, that was awesome, man. I wish that a lot of young young ladies could hear that. And I just want to um, say to the, the person that wrote that, it's pretty cool if you can do that for men's names. You know what I mean? <laughs> say that again? Oh, man, thank you. I said that would be pretty cool if she can do that same thing for the men's names. Ah, you know I mean? okay. That would be pretty hot. Yeah. But that oh, was awesome, that's man. crazy. It's a good idea, right? Yeah, that's an awesome idea. I've been approached by uh, men uh, with that. I, I thought about doing like a 2.0, you know, to all the little boys with big names. So uh, that's definitely an idea that's worth considering. Yeah, but you have a you have a good way out. You you know how to speak. You know how to like you know how to like make someone want to hear what you're saying, and that's really hard to draw someone in with your voice. You 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 got it. You got it. Have a good one. <laughs> oh, man. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Much love and appreciation. Absolutely. You're well, warmly welcome, baby. Warmly welcome. So um, really quickly, Shikandria, uh, a, a poet. How long have you been a poet? What inspired this um, for all the little black girls with big names? Uh, I know Shikandria is a mouthful, but is that the 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 only thing that... that inspired you or was there little cousins and aunties and uncles or one circumstance that was just like you know what I'm feeling the pain right now let me just put it on paper <laughs> right um so I'm, I'm originally from Louisiana by way of um, a little town called Alexandria and also New Orleans I, I grew up in both um and 
I mostly was the only black kid in gifted classes, uh, only black kid at a white school or whatever the case may have been. And there were all these times when teachers would call on students' names. And when they would get to my name, there would just be like, what can we just shorten and call your name? They never wanted to even try, you know, and these were teachers who taught phonics and pronunciation and things like that. And I'm like, if you can't get my name, but you're trying to teach me, you know, other things, then we got a problem. So maybe this should be addressed. And I hadn't heard a poet or spoken word artist address that issue. Um, My tactic for writing, period, is I always like to tackle the topics that nobody else wants to touch on. Um, Like I have a poem that's about, you know, uh, girls who wear makeup and what their reasoning behind it may be instead of, you know, attacking them as a lot of people may do. But I've been uh, writing ever since I was a kid. I'm an only child who grew up uh, with a very deep voice. (laughs) Um, And I actually did a poem about that on Verses and Flow um, on TV One season three. Um, but I didn't talk a lot. So the only thing I could do was write to get my feelings out. But I didn't become a serious poet until after Katrina, after Hurricane Katrina. I had been performing at open mics, but I wasn't really serious about my craft. And when Hurricane Katrina hit, it kind of jolted me and knocked me into the realization that I either do this now or, you know, all could be lost at any moment. So when I when I touched the ground, I kind of hit the ground running and I never looked back ever since. And that was around 2006, 2007, around the time that this poem was written, that I became a serious full-fledged poet, in my opinion. <laughs> okay, thank you for that. Now we we understand a little bit more who Shakandria is. Um, I would love, I, I know you did it once, I would love if you could duplicate that poem for us. Because for those that are just now checking in, Shakandria is a force, baby. She is a force. <laughs> Uh, I oh, really man. hope to have you. We we showcase poets often. I, I hope to have you when you come to Boston on air to do um, your other poem about makeup. Mm-hmm. I think that's beautiful. Uh, I actually know um, somebody I would like to connect you with who's doing a no makeup series as far as photography is concerned. And I think that would be dope oh, awesome. if you guys could link up um, and, and put, you know, put that two pieces together. Hit them with the one, too. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, I was going to say that's powerful. That would be powerful. Um, I think I may have seen that on social media. There's a, is, is it like No Filter or something like that is the name of the project? No, it's um, uh, No Makeup Series. Oh, okay. Okay. So it I might be somebody else's idea, no too. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't seen anybody else do it. I think it was just a project, like you said, kind of along the lines. It might have been no makeup, and I just saw the word no filter in the hashtag or something. But, <laughs> yeah, that's we definitely need to um, approach those topics because all of that does play a role in the, the fight that we, you know, as a people kind of have because it all is psychological stuff that we're dealing with. is not just, you know, strictly physical and violence and whatever, all of it has a psychological background that it that it stems from. So I'm definitely open. Please connect me. Absolutely, absolutely. Is it too much to offer, to, uh, too much to ask for that poem one more time? Oh, no, I, de- I definitely can do it once again. You know, my, my mom always told me if somebody asks you to do something, that means they like it. Keep doing it until they don't ask you anymore. I'm in mean, right. <laughs> Do it after that. I say, um, Whenever someone asks me the meaning of my name, I usually never have an answer. I remember looking forward once in a computer at a shopping mall kiosk where the meanings of names are saved and engraved into keepsakes, thinking all the while the chances of me finding my name would be like the odds of winning the sweepstakes, you know, slim to none. 
I got tired of people mispronouncing it, so I shortened it to Khan, but they still got it wrong. Kept confusing me with the lady who once sang that song, tell me something good, and tell them something I feel I should, so I correct them. It's pronounced Sha-Khan-Dri-A. No silent letters, no accents, preferably pronounced with the drawl of a southern accent. It just sounds so much sweeter that way. I remember that once was a day when I wished my mother would have stuck to something simple and pretty and majestic like Tiffany or maybe even Alexis, but my fate was sealed by signatures on my birth certificate, granting me the right to forever bear the shame of having been given a ghetto name. So this here poem, this here poem is for all the little black girls with the big names. For the Shahs and Ishas, the Anas and Equas, who were told never to write our names on applications. Because we live in a nation where your name, your name can tell someone your race or even your social status. Because some people think only dumb ghetto folk overuse the alphabet. They chalk it up to illiteracy, never creativity, or maybe even history. And I wonder if those who assume would stop to think that maybe transatlantic submerged native tongues have re-emerged in the form of ghetto monikers like my little cousin my little cousin's name is tanisha it sounds a lot like tanache a name from the shona tribe meaning god is with us because when her mother died of a drug overdose he was all she had or maybe like my friend Lakisha, whose name sounds a lot like the bantu name wakisa meaning born during the harvest now she's on her way to becoming an attorney, reaping from sowing seeds and working the hardest. Or maybe like me, my mother knew that I would be a fighter. So she named me Shikandria, which sounds a lot like Shaka, the great Zulu warrior. See, this here poem is for every daughter who ever became a professional only to shorten her name to a letter and a period just so phone calls could be returned or higher pay earned because we all know. Don't nobody want an Isha or an equal to operate on them. But you see, a book, a book can't be judged by its cover nor its title. And the story beneath your name can't be contained beneath the tide. So sisters, let them rise and take the rightful places on your applications and business cards, desk placards, and your uniforms until one day, one day ghetto names become the norm. But for right now, we're special, you see. And there ain't another girl in the world with a name like you or me. So go forth and rep proudly for all the ghetto name girls. And if someone happens to mispronounce your name, make sure you give your neck a swirl. Look them dead in the eye and correct them. It's pronounced Sha-Khan-Dri-Uh. Say it right or don't say it at all. Love you, baby. I love it. I love it. Get my name right or don't say it at all. Exactly. Yes. So, um, uh, me and Reggie B are going to get together. We have entirely too many um, female empowerment groups, uh, mentor groups, big sister groups. We are going to do everything in our power to collaborate with these organizations, to bring you here, to inspire these little girls with big names, awesome. to be who they are without any... Um, question or without any confidence lacking i love you i love you i love it oh i love you right back i thank y'all and i can say this like um, i am working on what is called the little girls big names project that will be relaunching this year and what it is is um i want it to be an international um 
photography slash uh, video project where we highlight women and young girls of all ages, all nationalities who may have difficult to pronounce names. And what we want to do is just showcase pictures of them um, and kind of state what it is that they do for a living or who they identify as. For example, I'm Shikandria. I'm an artist. Um, and we'll show LaQuisha who's maybe a student or a teacher, will show Shaquanda, who may be a doctor or a dentist, you know, just to uh, inform the world that we run the gamut. Like, it's not just your typical round-the-way girl. Like, we have women who have difficult-to-pronounce names or unique names who walk all walks of life. So um, just to kind of end that discrimination, just highlighting what it is that we do, you know, as women who carry these big names on our shoulders. So. I'll be uh, informing you all of when that project is launching. We'll be seeking submissions so that we can get the project rolling. I'm in Ra, I'm in Ra. Reggie B, work to do. Roll up those sleeves. Shakandria. <laughs> uh, I love you. Uh, you I don't know how many you. times people and, stop um, me on the street and say it like that. <laughs> continuously to uh, stay in touch with you and uh, continue to work and stuff like that. And um, that poem was beautiful. Um, it was a selective one, uh, per order of Taylor Andre, because when... I hipped her to the video and she's seen it. She fell in love with it and it was really dope. Um, and like she said, I we're going to work together, her and I, to get you here to do something for the young girls. And you got to do that poem for them because um, that resonates. Thank you so much. Awesome. Ashe. Thank you so much. Ooh, love you, baby. I love you. Big City loves you. Boston loves you. Chicondria. I can't wait to have you in the building. We love and appreciate you. I hope you have an awesome day. I thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and send you a, a personal message so we can link up um, on social media. One more time, please let everybody know how they can reach out to you, how they can find you. Awesome. Um, social media, Facebook, Shakondria Icon Sibley, S-H-A-C-O-N-D-R-I-A, Icon Sibley, S-I-B-L-E-Y. Um, Twitter, Instagram, you can hit me up at the handle Icon V Artist, spelled out all together. Um, email iconpoetbooking at gmail.com. I'm in Ra. Thank you, baby. Thank you. Big City 101.3 FM. One of the things that uh, I wanted to make mention before we got off air this Saturday at 6 p.m., Minister Abdullah Muhammad of the. Nation of Islam, National Prison Reform Minister, will do a workshop at Muhammad's Mosque Number 11 on prison reform in the age of mass incarceration. It is free and open to the public, um, and you can go get you some bean pies while you're there. <laughs> I love you guys. I appreciate you. I hope today you had an awesome show. If you missed any of today's show, please head over to MixCloud.com. Uh, again, Mix cloud.com over 315 shows for your listening pleasure uh brother randy said taylor we gonna do everything in our power to get you um the minister minister lewis farrakhan could you imagine big city could you imagine big city let's put our mind states together and make it happen big city minister lewis farrakhan big city family are you feeling me 10, 10, 15, all roads lead to D.C., justice or else. Waking up with Taylor Andre, Big City, 101.3 FM. I am in love this morning.